He wept as they welcomed him. The Hope and Sorrow of Palm Sunday Devotion written by John Bloom Used by permission from DesiringGod.org Save us, we pray, O Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Psalm 118, 25 and 26. When Jesus approached Jerusalem on what history remembers as Palm Sunday, he wept over her. To a casual observer, it might have seemed like Jesus wept at strange times. He recently had wept at Lazarus' tomb, only to call him out moments later. Now the enthusiastic crowds who had heard of this great miracle were escorting him royally into a city of David crying the words of Psalms 118, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. All Jews would have understood these words as a messianic salutation. And Jesus' response was a tearful lament. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Luke 19, 42 through 44. This is a response worthy of us pausing to ponder. What a psalmist might call a Selah moment. The great king wept over the city of the great king just before his triumphal entry through her gates to the prophesied rejoicing of many. Psalm 118 was much in the Savior's ears and eyes as Holy Week began. That consummate week when all that the temple and sacrificial systems foreshadowed what would be fulfilled in a single great once for all sacrifice conducted by the high priest himself. Jesus heard the psalm in the Hosanna shouts of the crowd, and he saw the psalm in the murderous plans of the Jewish leaders. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Psalms 118, 22, and 23. This is what broke the heart of Jesus as he rode the donkey's foal towards Jerusalem amid the waving palms. And it was marvelous. It was marvelous that Jerusalem, the joy of all the earth, did not recognize when the joy of her joy arrived after her long centuries of waiting. It was marvelous that the sovereign King of Kings, the son of the Lord David, who ordained from ages past that the builders would reject their cornerstone, felt profound grief over their blindness and rejection, and deeply wished they had known all he was doing to make peace. It was marvelous that the Jewish Messiah had come to answer the Hosanna cries and make peace not only for the Jewish people, but also for the Gentile peoples of the earth, a mystery kept secret for long ages that would soon be proclaimed to the Gentiles by a Jewish Pharisee who, if present as Jesus entered the city, would have zealously hated everything this procession implied. And all this was the Lord's doing. Yes, for the Lord had said the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on that third day raised. Oh, 
for the things that made peace. The marvel is not only that the builders rejected the cornerstone, but that the Blessed One had come to become a curse for all of us who would later call Him blessed. The great psalm celebrates, bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar, who on that day of the king's great arrival would have imagined that this king had come to be the sacrifice of sacrifices, and that the Roman cross to which he would be bound would become the most sacred altar ever constructed. No one but King Jesus. This is why he had come and why his soul was so troubled in the midst of the rejoicing crowd. But the crowd's rejoicing was the right response. Indeed, the psalm called for it. Psalm 118.24 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What deeply troubled the great deliverer was a work set before him that would atone for the sin of myriad of millions of sinners. This was the day that the Lord had made, a day of rejoicing and gladness for sinners, but a day of weeping for the Lord. For oh, the things that made for peace. But Jesus' grief was not hopeless. No, he knew that his weeping was only for the night and that joy would come with the morning. He knew it was the will of his Father to crush him and put him to grief. He also knew that after he had made the supreme offering for sin, after he had borne the iniquities of many that might be accounted righteous, and after the anguish of his soul was past, he would see his redeemed spiritual offspring and know that supreme satisfaction. Even through his tears, Jesus looked to the joy set before him and set his face towards what lay ahead in Jerusalem. This was the resolve of fathomless love a love stronger than death and fiercer than the grave, the very flame of the Lord. It was a love so good, so steadfast, so enduring, so high, so broad, so long, so deep, that it requires the very strength of God to even comprehend it. It was the way that God so loved the world. A world that had rejected Him. It was love that went to unimaginable extremes to accomplish the things that made for peace for us. Therefore, in honor of such a king, we join with that ancient crowd in rejoicing in the day that the Lord has made, lifting our hands as if holding festal palms and declaring, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God. I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever.